what these kids are doing is they are climbing over the couches like a jungle gym. Like, okay, hold on. <laughs> the youngest that these people are in the high school is 14 years old. 14 years old. You would think that by 14, you have a little bit of <laughs> respect and sense of awareness for your environment. But no, these kids think that the freaking school is a jungle gym. And they're jumping around. Drop it. Let, I want to tell you a story real quick. And I don't want to give any names out. So let's call... Let's call the man Michael, and let's see, what should we call the woman? Uh, let's call her Sharkeisha. And so, <laughs> let's just say that Michael was over at Sharkeisha's house last night, and I get this text in the middle of the morning, like, it was like 7 o'clock in the morning, and I get a text, and Michael says, I darn did it. <laughs> I darn did what? So I asked Michael. I was like, what did you do, Michael? And he's like, I finally did it. I kissed Sharkeisha. I was like, what? I was like, explain to me who Sharkeisha is and how did you do this? And so he told me, basically, he was over at Sharkeisha's house until like 4 o'clock in the morning. Why? Because this simp had the audacity... <laughs> <laughs> to kiss Sharkeisha when he told me just a couple days ago that he had feelings for Sarah. <laughs> I don't know how this is happening, but it's happening. What do you feel about? How I do you mean, feel about this? I mean, dude, just think about it. Like last weekend, this guy was um. So we're we're all hanging out, right? It's you, me, Josh, and Bucky wasn't there because he's a loser. By the way, say hi to Bucky, our eight fingered. Eight finger videographer, yeah. Bucky, let's go. So the three of us are there. There was, you know, f like four other guys there. And, you know, we were just kind of hanging out this entire weekend, just doing stupid shit, walking around the hotel, whatever. And, um, what's it? What's what were we giving to this? And Michael. And Michael, he had the audacity. So this entire weekend, he just completely ditched us. And he was just, just hardcore simping around with, like, Four different girls trying to get, like, just trying to, you know, get with them or whatever. And that pissed me off so bad. And by the way, we're not saying you're real name, but you know who you are watching this. And, like, just just stop. Like, don't, you're trying too hard, bro. And these girls, you're letting them use you like this. Like, that's, that's just... It hurts my heart to see, like, this happen to another man, much less, you know, my friend. Yeah, and I've experienced this too, but, you know, I'd say as an intellectual, I I was able to realize that this, this was happening to myself way earlier than Michael is taking in order to realize this. And basically, if a girl is making you try this hard, but is giving you no signs of affection, back out! back out she is not interested come on michael get it in your head man like i feel bad for you man like come on you're a nice guy you have a lot going for you but something's not clicking here and you need to get this to click because one day you will find a girl i promise you you will find a girl and she will like you but don't just 
Just stop talking to Sharkeisha. Stop talking to Sarah, okay? Just just wait and let them come to you, okay? Because that's what I'm doing right now. And, you know, I might not be getting anywhere at the moment, <laughs> but I'm not simping, so I'm the winner. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's true. Can we, can we like, explain to the, the, everyone watching why Josh is not here? Yeah, why, why is Josh not here? Um, right. So basically, we're, we're supposed to... F- so this is our second episode. However, we filmed this before our first episode. So this is going to be going up after the first one. So we have no idea how many views you're getting or whatever. So, I mean, just wa- if you're watching, make sure you hit the like. Make sure you hit subscribe. You know, go follow us on our socials, whatever. But Josh, okay. So last weekend, he, we talked about this. Like, all right, so we're, um, we're filming on Wednesday, right? Wednesday around like 12 or whatever and he's like yeah yeah bro I got you we're gonna get we're gonna film this it's gonna be great and Wednesday comes we text him in the morning I'm like Josh you ready (laughs) this guy's like by the way the dumbest excuse because like I know his parents and I know they didn't tell him this my mom wants me to go to school because I miss Monday and Tuesday and I was I was like, dude, stop lying. Just tell us the truth that you don't want to film today. So we, we pushed it to Saturday, and then this guy's like, yeah, I got work today. So long story short, you know, we're just going to film this second episode without Josh, and we're going to put this up after. However, Josh, like, come on, man. Get with the program. Yeah, so we might feel a little less. You might seem a little bit less experienced this episode, even though it's our second episode. But uh, when we're doing all the stuff right in our first episode make sure that you comment a little bit of hate towards josh on that episode because <laughs> this dude comes up with the lamest excuses oh my god his excuses like he's got an excuse for everything i swear to god and like shout out to bucky your eight finger videographer for pulling up on this saturday to help us out because you know how are we, we weren't be, gonna be able to film or anything without at least three people here because you know it's just gonna be weird Seems doing in my face. Okay, so um, let's see. This past, I think Monday. So Monday we were at we were um on our school trip or whatever, right? We're, I was talking at Dante. We we're at or no, this is on Tuesday. This is on the last day. We're we're sitting at Crave with um with a couple of other people, and we were just talking because we were doing homework and stuff because we missed um Monday and Tuesday from school. We we're just doing homework and we we're talking about like you know this is so cool that we get to do stuff like this. And it's like a lot of kids don't get this same opportunity to like you know, really unleash their creative side and do things like that. A lot of times they're stuck in a box. And we're just talking about, you know, like, how come we have this opportunity, but like 95% of kids don't. And that's something that we want to talk about today was, you know, how like, when you think about our education system that's setting, that's supposed to set kids up to succeed, to be like the next Steve Jobs and these great CEOs has actually failed every, like has failed most of their students. And when you see like, these really great um, CEOs like Steve Jobs, um, Bill Gates, and, you know, these guys were products of the failed system, as in these weren't the people that were out there getting 4.4 GPAs and things like that. These are people dropping out of college, dropping out of high school, things like that. So that's what we're here to talk to you guys about today. And I don't want to give away all the credit towards, like, or to the education system, because I don't want to say that, like, they're letting us do this. I mean, yes, they're giving us a little bit of time, but... um prompts to us because we're really putting in the motivation and work that a lot of other students or people our age I don't think are really dedicated to doing and so the fact that we were to build this whole set uh network to people and get 
Freaking the coolest intro ever. Shout out to Griffin. Dirt. Go follow him on Instagram at D-I-R by Griff with two Fs. Yeah, this dude just hit a 700 followers. This dude's work is insane. Like, he's he's kind of blowing up right now. Like, he's got, he got reposted by a couple really big, like, fan accounts. So, like, you know, Lil Uzi just dropped his album last weekend, and he was um, one of the, like, the number one, like, Lil Uzi, like, fan account or whatever that, you know, kind of just posts all the hype stuff about it. They posted his cover art so he's incredibly talented with graphic design things like that and shout out to griffin for making us like this sick intro that you guys are gonna see it's not playing right now but we just have it up on the screen you guys are gonna see this in the beginning of the video shout out to griffin for making that fire intro completely free so thank you so much griff yeah we'll be sure to have you up um in one of our later episodes there griff yeah uh so i guess we should just get right into it um we wanted to talk to you guys about um, education reform this episode, just because as, as seniors, um, I mean, we've been through the education system all the way from preschool to our 12th grade year of high school now, and I think we've seen a lot of changes within the education system, but I think we've also witnessed how it really hasn't changed at all, too, too to be honest. I mean, I'd say the biggest changes that we've seen is, like, what, furniture and maybe, <laughs> iPads. like, iPads that don't even work. Yeah, wrong by the way, this? just a side tangent about these iPads. All right, so we see this thing with, like, you know, it's 21st century, so we want to prepare our kids for the future, and the future is, like, run by technology and things like that. So what do we do? We go out and get them iPads. However, those iPads are less powerful than a Chromebook because the reason they got us these iPads is so we don't have to write our papers by hand, and that's really the only thing they do is, you know, they work as a word processor. So at that point, why spend $800 get per unit getting an iPad when you can go to go, you know, hit up someone at Best Buy for getting Chromebooks for like $300, which do the same thing and they do it better. Because when you think about it, in schools, what are the, what is the point of an iPad? It's, it's to use as a word processor. Like they, you we're not able to download apps like GarageBand or things like that to really like harness the full power of those things. So that's just one of my biggest issues is that, you know, the spending the money. Essentially, we're using these iPads to save money or to save the environment on paper, which I mean is great. Like that's great that we're like cutting back on the amount of paper that we're using, but we're restricted from using any other types of apps or hardware that the iPad actually is able to offer. And the only thing that we're able to use is the school design system, Schoology, that is created for us to download our homework. And then we write with our finger on this iPad screen and turn it in. Okay, well, I mean, great. I don't know what I don't I don't know what else to say to and be honest. Yeah, like the entire idea of that, you know, we got these iPads so we're prepared for the 21st century is kind of the application is kind of really poorly done. So when you think about it, um, other than you know our last couple last semester or two semesters ago, did you ever learn how to use Excel? No, I've never used it once. Yeah. Did you ever learn how to use um? you know, Autodesk, like AutoCAD, um, Inventor, Fusion 360. Not a single time. Yeah, so this whole notion that we got these things to really prepare us for the future for this 21st century jobs that are mostly, you know, data-based, um, engineering, things of that nature. Um, even like, did you ever learn how to use GarageBand? Like if you want to be a musician or something, any apps of this nature? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So... He's taking pictures of the cameras. <laughs> Sorry, I get distracted. Um, 
So that's that's my biggest issue is that, you know, it's great that we got these, we have these resources, and I don't want to sit here and sound like a privileged, like, middle, um, like, upper middle class kid right here that's complaining about having iPads, but my problem is that we got these to use as word processors, and I'm pretty sure everyone by the age of 12 years old knew how to use Google Drive and just type things. Yeah, like, I just want to say... Prior Lake, where we live, Prior Lake, Minnesota, shout out to the Minnesotans watching this uh, YouTube video right now, uh, or listening to us on Spotify or Apple, uh, but basically, Prior Lake is known to be one of the white privileged areas in Minnesota where everyone there has money and wealth, but for claiming that our school has money, we don't do anything different compared to other schools, really. Like, we get an iPad, cool. What does that iPad do once again? Nothing. Literally. Okay, so we had a little bit of a malfunction with the headphones. One of these headphones. So as you can see, this one's wireless. It died, so we had to charge it. But now we're back. Um, so what we were talking about earlier was, you know, how our school system, how our school specifically, you know, we have a lot of stuff at our school. And I'm not going to complain about the school because, you know, I would much rather have this than not. However... Lakers for life, am I right? PL4L, baby. <laughs> but basically what I'm saying was um, that we have all these things, but they, and the point of these is to enhance our creativity. So for example, you know, we got um, a referendum just passed this past, I think, this past two summers ago. And we had this referendum where, you know, we, the, the school just got a lot of money to renovate our spaces. So to renovate our high school, which by the way, isn't that old. It's, it was built in 2003. It's not that old of a school. But, you know, there, our school grew, like, we had a boom, I think, four years ago, our beginning, the summer of our freshman year, going, summer going into freshman year for us. We yeah, had the big... population within our school is quite honestly insane. Um, Yeah, comment how big your guys' classroom sizes are, because our classroom sizes range anywhere between, like, 27 kids to like 35 40. plus. It's insane. And we got on. So when I, our eighth grade year, you know, there it was still a pretty like average middle sized school. It wasn't a lot of people. However, going into freshman year, we got so many new people move, moving into Prior Lake because we had a lot of new construction happen right, um, you know, in Prior Lake and then also in Savage because we're kind of a shared shared district. So half of Savage, um, half of the students that live in Savage they go to Prior Lake, half go to Burnsville, and we had a huge boom in population. So uh, we. Went from a school, I think the class that graduated our freshman year, they, ha they had a class of, I think, 400 people, and our freshman incoming class was 700 people. Like, that's unheard of. That was a 300-student increase. That's almost, that's almost the size of their uh, entire class. We almost doubled them. Yeah, like, we're seniors, but my, my sister's a <laughs> freshman, and I think her class is expected to be over 700 kids. That's outrageous. Yeah, um... So, you know, we needed to get a bigger school, so we got a lot of money to improve the the situation with in terms of space and stuff because we've got, you know, at, at last year, at times it got really bad to the point where some teachers didn't have their own classrooms that they were kind of floating around and they just take a certain classroom during open, like when that teacher was out and they didn't have a class or something. So we desperately needed a new, like new classrooms and stuff. And what they could have done was, you know, they could have just, built um added on to the school and built the classrooms the same as they are <coughs> as they currently were however they decided to go a more expensive route and create these you know modern like open open spaces with 
TVs on all the four walls and glass window or glass window walls, pretty much. It essentially looks like a community college. Yeah, it, like, I you mean, you guys know what that looks like. I mean, like you know how the community college has like the open spaces with like technology everywhere. I mean, it's it's beautiful. Like I'm not gonna complain about it. It's beautiful. I'll say it. But my problem is, you know, we spent all this money to enhance creativity and things. However, when we came into this newly renovated school, we had a lot of new rules that kind of limited us. So, for example, you know, we're not allowed to sit in another pod if we don't have class or in one of those open spaces if we don't have class there. The problem with that is, though, we, our commons, our shared commons, they're also our lunch. That's also the lunchroom. So we eat, you know, there's about 300, 400 kids sitting there eating lunch. And it's kind of hard to, if you have like an open time or something, to get homework done when you're surrounded by just a loud environment. You know, it's... You guys have been, most of you probably been in like a high school or elementary school or any type of lunchroom setting. You know, it's loud. Like you can't, you can't really focus and it's massive. So yeah, currently we have about six different lunch periods, I <laughs> yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. And so basically what the school is doing is they're completely renovating our uh, lunchroom so that they have a bigger kitchen and then they're able to better prepare for the large quantities of kids that there are eating. And then they can sh- hopefully shrink down the amount of periods uh there are for lunch and as a result of this they are shutting down the hot lunch kitchen cafeteria for the rest of the school year and they are doing brown bag lunches meaning sandwiches an apple and a milk the turkey said otherwise y'all remember you guys remember when you'd go up uh go on a field trip like when you were um in like elementary school yeah, and you're yeah. supposed to bring your own lunch and like you know the kids that didn't bring their own lunch and get those brown <laughs> bags with the, okay. the turkey sandwich meanwhile yeah. meanwhile i pulled up with my lunchables you know where i got <laughs> i got the pizza that came with a couple oreos the juice box like oh man that was fire that was that was a great time but basically that's what we're going back to and thank thank the lord that you know i don't have class um I don't I don't eat lunch at the high school because you know for part of my day I'm not at the high school I'm at a different location we're not going to say where that is because we don't uh just for privacy and security reasons um and so what I was saying was you know we did all this renovation however there's a lot of new restrictions so yeah so we can't really work in those spaces if we don't have a class in that area and so if you have an open period and you know you need to work but you can't really go in the comments because it's all it's very loud. Cause... Yeah, yeah. Let's let's let me tell this. Quick. <laughs> yeah. This is what they decided to do with the money. They decided to essentially build a Starbucks in our school, <laughs> a whole ass Starbucks. And you know what it's called? It's called the Laker Cafe. Okay, so like no free brand deals. That's why it's not a Starbucks. I'm assuming. Uh, no but, free brand deals. <laughs> but basically, the Starbucks or the Laker Cafe, I should say, that they built inside our school. It's supposed to be a learning environment or a place where students who have open periods during the middle of school day are able to go work on stuff um, or just relax. But what these kids are doing is they are climbing over the couches like a jungle gym. Like, okay, hold on. (laughs) The youngest that these people are in the high school is 14 years old. 14 years old. You would think that by 14 you have a little bit of... (laughs) respect and sense of awareness for your environment but no these kids think that the freaking school is a jungle gym and they're jumping around they're screaming you can't even work in there what's the point of this and yeah can i can i say something about that so you know we we got this 
nicely. It's a beautiful cafe. It's, you know, it's it's a beautiful space. It like that is a space where you'd be, you know, happy. Like I'd be happy working there. However, five bucks. Actually, no, I'll make that fifty bucks. If you go to Prior Lake and you're watching this video, fifty bucks. If you can go in there during one of the um during a time that's not first or sixth hour, if you can go in there and find an open table. 50 bucks for anyone watching from PL. Go find me an open table between second and fifth hour in that, in that area where you could actually get work done. And you could sit down and do your homework without a kid crawling over your head. Yeah. So that's another issue is, you know, we've got all these things. However, they restricted it to the point where basically those pods are unused because, I mean... 90% of the time you have class in there you're staying in the classroom yeah no teachers letting your no teachers teaching out in the pod area yeah that's just so basically there's furniture in these pods like that's... nice furniture like community tables and uh chairs that swivel around which if you ask me they're kind of a distraction to be honest <laughs> but um no one's being you no one's using them because then the students who have open periods who would go try to use them are then told by admin that they have to leave that area and have to go down to the Laker Cafe where then there's nowhere to actually sit and kids are forced to what go sit in the bathroom or something for an hour uh, I mean I'm not trying to do that <laughs> and another thing I want to say is um so when you so on the, the second part of this like new rule is that if you have um you know if you if you have a class and your teacher like is telling you, hey, you guys can go work out in a space where you, you think you can work well. Well, that kind of limits you to three spaces. You can either go work in the commons, which is not happening because, you know, you're not, you're, first of all, you're not going to find an open table during a lunch period. That's just not going to happen. Second, it's too loud. All right. The other option you have is the liquor cafe. Same problems. It's, it's mad loud in there and you're not going to find an open table. So the third option is you can stay in that pod. And that's why they don't let other kids work in the pod is so like the teachers they can have free um access to those to those spaces. However, there's some there's some place so our school is divided pretty nicely. So you know mo most of the English English classes happen in one area. So for example, English that's a that's a class where you know you you do use a lot of this space and stuff. However, when you have six English classes in the same pod and every single person's out there. That place is saturated, but you know I want to. It's like, hey, this place is saturated. You know where I'm gonna go to the the math section of the school where there's no one there. But you go there and it's that space is not being used, and I don't think it ever has been used because I mean math is a class where, like math, math you can't really do much with working with other people. I mean in math that's called cheating. Um, <laughs> But so I go sit down there and I'm just working quietly. I have my headphones in. I'm working quietly. I'm plugging away on my English paper and random administrator comes up to me like, what are you, what class are you? I'm like, uh, English. They're like, is your class in this, in this pod? And I was like, no. They're like, well, you, if you want to work outside, you got to go work and back in that pod. And I was like, well, but the, the pod is completely full. Like there's no place for me to sit. Like, what do you want me to do? Sit, sit on the ground or something? And they're like, well, you can go work in the cafe or you can work, work in the comments. So. That's another problem I have is, you know, we got this nice space and everything, but we're not allowed to use it. Like, what, what was the point of it then? I'll pay you 20 bucks if the next time someone asks you that, you say, well, how about you let me go use your office and you hang out here for a little bit. <laughs> then you tell me what, then you tell me what's happening after that. But, um, before we, or let's just stop ranting about the school, I guess. Um, and actually just like start spitting some facts. So first of all, I just want to say, <laughs> Educational reform is defined as 
the bringing about of systematic change within a school. So that means like changing the curriculums and changing the learning environment, which I would say that schools are working on doing as uh, we keep excelling into the future and technology is changing. However, I still think they're struggling because they think that kids are so consumed by technology that the best way to do it is completely take it away from them. And by taking it away from them, uh, the they, they think that the, the students are going to be more focused into their drive for schoolwork and more dedicated to succeeding in education. But that's that's just not the case. The case is that these kids, no matter what happens, they are going to use technology in some way or form in their life. And it's going to be involved in work one day. It's going to be they're doing it when they get home. <laughs> they're using it as they're teaching themselves through technology. Can I say quite honestly, yeah. I want to say something about that. So the reason you know that schools are kind of backing out on this whole like 21st century tech thing is like when you think about anything, um, you know, it doesn't have to be school related. Like politics. Just think about politics. Who are the most outspoken people like on Twitter about like politics? It's the annoying people, right? Like you don't see. <laughs> Let's not give any names, but yeah, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, like. Like what's that? What's that one like hardcore like Republican girl who walks around college campuses with guns? Like, oh yeah, uh, Caitlin like, Bennett. Caitlin Bennett. Like, what? What are you getting? Say like you know I'm a I'm a Second Amendment sp- supporter. You know what? Like I I think like guns are good for us or whatever. Yeah, but, but there's there's a point where yeah, yeah, it, it's like, way too there, far. There's a point where you're not doing any. You're all you're causing is like problems. Like Caitlin Bennett, she's walking around on, on a college campus with a gun strapped to her chest, like. What are you getting out of that? So that's the same thing. And it's where... not even like a shotgun or like <laughs> something small. It's like an M16 that this girl is carrying around with like an extended magazine, which <laughs> she got I, don't even know. Club, I don't even know who makes this stuff legal, bro, because it's, it's quite honestly insane. Like, you're, you're, there's no way someone can tell me that if someone is walking around, say, a, camp, a school campus, especially with what's going on uh, yeah, yeah. every year with shootings and you know, I think, things like that. I think that's a that's a topic for another another podcast because that's a very loaded topic. I don't think we're going to talk about that right now. Yeah, but I just want to say, yeah, I don't think someone can say honestly that someone that they don't know walking around with a gun like that. I don't think you can say, "Oh man, I feel really secure right now." Yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I feel so safe. No, that's just not. The yeah. Case. So th- my point is that you know. Who do you see most? Who gets the most, like you know, airtime pub- publicity? It's the, these. It's the annoying people. Like you're never gonna see a, a. How can I say this without sounding like terrible? So what I'm trying to say is, you know, you're never gonna hear about a kid that's doing their due diligence in school and like performing really well. But what you are gonna hear is that kid that was um, that was playing games all for the six hours of the day on on his iPad. And, you know, that's what the administration here. So, I, I mean, I, I, like, I do understand where they're coming from with this whole, like, restricting these iPads to a point where they're no longer even feasible, where, you know, you don't see these kids that are actually using these iPads, like, in art class or something to create these beautiful things. Like, like for example, my friend Griffin, like, you know, you don't, he, you don't really, like, in school, you're not going to hear about this guy just going off and creating these beautiful um edits and stuff but you do hear about the kid that was sitting in the back of the math class playing clash of clans for the entire hour and failed his test so yeah there's a point where you know it's you can't place the blame on on the teachers but you like it's these bad kids but however yeah no for sure because i mean i think the one thing is that students you hear all the time is 
well, when am I going to use this in my uh, <laughs> life or in my job in the future? Okay, great. Maybe you might not be using it, but provide an argument that actually causes the teacher to want to listen to you. Tell them, well, I'm interested in doing this. This is what I need to learn, and this is how I feel about this curriculum. How can you better support me to incorporate lesson plans that are going to better prepare me for the job that I'm interested in and that are going to allow me to succeed? Okay, well, then maybe you're going to get their attention, and you're going to actually make them interested or compelled to bring about change. But if you say, how does this... uh?" How does this affect me, or what is this going to do for me? <coughs> well, okay, listen, shut up. No one wants to listen to you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll come out and say it. I was that kid who was gonna, going up to teachers after some stupid and be like, when am I going to use this in real life? And most of the teachers, they'd be like, they just told me to shut up, <laughs> shut up and go sit back down. But this one teacher, probably one of the greatest teachers I've ever had, by the way, um, he, was, uh, he was a global history, like a like a global studies type teacher, you know, like history, um, government, things like that. He told me, he said, you might not use this in your day-to-day life, but the point of high school isn't to prepare you guys for your jobs. It's to prepare you guys for what's out there. And basically what that means is like 95% of high schoolers, don't ha are not gonna do what they say they're gonna do after high school. Like, like a year ago, I said, "Hey, I wanted to be a pilot because I love traveling, I love flying." And I went and got my private pilot's license, and I got up to a hundred uh, two hundred fifty hours, so I got my commercial license and everything. However, I found out that you know that wasn't what I was like just immensely talented at. And like, sure, I love it. It's a hobby of mine, but that's not something that, you know, I can really see being my career at this point in my life. And so that's the same thing. You know, these kids are saying that I want to be a doctor and when am I going to use my, when am I going to need to know like what year the, uh, that World War II ended? And the point of that is you say you want to be a doctor right now. But that doesn't mean in two years from now. So if you're a sophomore and you want, say you want to be a doctor, that does not mean in two years from now that there's no chance that you're going to be majoring in maybe like engineering or um, business or something like that. Yeah, I can really understand what you're saying because uh, I definitely went through this last year when we enrolled in the program that we're yeah. involved in right now. Um, I thought that I was going to be a veterinarian because I, I just loved animals. Um, I enjoyed working out in the wild i enjoyed being able to hike and i really wanted to be able to help these animals that i see every day suffering and i thought that the best way to do this was being a veterinarian and so i decided to enroll this program and i was studying healthcare. and i even got a job at my uh local vet clinic <laughs> tell the story oh god <laughs> so i got the job um, I really didn't know what I was going into, to be honest. The The job said kennel worker, and I was like, oh, okay, so I get to, like, hang out with dogs and stuff. So I go to the interview. This was the first time I ever actually interviewed for, like, a real job. And I'm talking to the lady, and she's like, great. Uh, can you start, like, next week? And I was like, sure. And she's like, all right, $9 an hour? And I was like, yeah. And deep down inside, I was like, wait what can I do with $9 an hour? I mean, like, can I even buy gas for that much with that much money? But uh, so I got the job and I'm working. And this job basically involves me cleaning up dog fe- feces. 
Uh, cats as well, and I, oh man, I, I despise cats. I, I, can't, I can't handle cats, man. They freak me out. Like, they, they are the minions of the devil. See, I, I'm the exact opposite. I actually, I actually love cats. However, God had to nerf me, because, like, I'm too, I'm too, like, beautiful of a creature. Oh my god. And so God had to nerf me, and he made me allergic to cats. I'm the same way too. Yes. I'm, I'm allergic to cats, but I also just I just don't like them in general. But so I got the job, and they were like, and let me just say, they didn't really train me a whole lot. And then they were like, oh, we need you to give this diabetic dog insulin, and that involves me sticking a needle through the dog's neck and giving it insulin. I was like, um, I don't know if I can do that. And she's like, oh, come on, it's easy. And so she showed me one time, and she didn't even, like, wait for me, to, like, the next time to watch me do it. I just did it by myself. Thank God I was able to figure it out. That poor dog, I hope, I hope that dog is fine. <laughs> God bless. But, um, and then, like, the second day of working, they brought a dog out in a body bag. And they brought that dog to the, oh, man, this was so sad. They brought the dog out to the back. They put it in a freezer because, um... Basically, the guy who cremates the dogs comes every week, and he loads the dogs up. Uh, granted, I didn't have to see, like, the full dog, but it, it was just really sad, and I realized, okay, yes, I love animals, but this is not something that I'm able to do. I can't handle seeing uh, dogs passing through to the afterlife and such. And so that really brought me into realizing, oh, well, I have this talent for art, and I've always had it since I was young. And so I basically started paying more attention to that, which I think is really important uh, at this point in your life to find what <coughs> your natural talents and skills are that you're born with and how can you incorporate that into your real life. And I think that's a lot of, that's a big problem that many kids are struggling with right now. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to talk about my brand later on in a different episode, but yeah, yeah I think it's really important. And something uh, alongside, you know, finding what you're good at there's also this part of you got to find out what you're not good at. Like I did the same thing last year. You know, it's like I have this, uh, I have this skin condition, like as you guys can see. So, um, you know, since I was little, I was like, I want to be a dermatologist. Cause like I've been around dermatologists since I was like eight years old. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is really cool. They had, they, they do all this cool stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I can, I'm, I'm going to do that. But it's hard. Like, dude, it's freaking hard to be a doctor. <laughs> like, you think you think well i mean I, I don't know maybe i'm just stupid but you would think that you know it's like how hard can it be to just like listen to someone's lungs and stuff but it's like you put us when you're like practicing that stuff you put a stethoscope on someone's lungs bro you got to have some hypersensitive ears to mm. hear anything and it's like oh my god this is actually hard and i was like yes i do enjoy this and i love this and whatever but like that's just not what i'm good at like i will never I don't want to put anyone down by saying this, but, like, you know, there's some things where you're not good at and you will never will be good at that. Yeah, facts. So, like, you know, me, um, yeah, with this whole, like, I wanted to be a dermatologist situation, like, you know, it's like, I, I, I really enjoyed it and things like that, but I wasn't good at it. And I was like, is this something I can really see being my career? Because if I'm struggling this hard, sure, I might enjoy it, but, like, will I really enjoy it when I'm 40 years old and I hate going to work because it's Facts. so hard Facts. and so that's when i decided to you know switch over to doing some more business related and that's when i really found out what i love because you know i up until this point i was like oh i think engineering's cool i've taken a couple of engineering classes it's pretty cool it's pretty fun um 
you know, I think, I think like art's, art's cool. Art is pretty cool. Now I'm not talking about like drawing and stuff. I'm talking about like, like design, like architecture, mm. graphic design, like things of this nature. And I was like, yeah, okay, it's pretty cool. And then I found like, you know, I was really freaking good at data analytics. Like my teachers were, I'm not trying to brag, but my teachers were like surprised. And like the, like by the first like couple of weeks, they were like, wow, you're really good at this. You should, you should apply for this program or whatever at this one school. And like, we'll talk about that in a later episode yeah. as well. But you know, it's just, it, it the point is you know i had to fail multiple 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 times and find out what i wasn't good at to really at what at this point in my life to be able to find what i was good at and what i am good at is you know i'm a good math guy and like i'm not saying i'm good at calculus or anything because like you guys don't want to see my calculus grade but like you know <laughs> i also think it's important uh to acknowledge are you a good student or not because like going back to being a doctor it's a lot of education that you have to do, man. It's it's insane. You go through, I don't even know. It's like six years of training before you like you're fully just like a doctor. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like so. I looked into this because and all the tests you have to take to pass. Yeah. So like, because my girlfriend she wanted to be a doctor too, and um, basically how it works is you graduate high school and then you got to go get your basically your bachelor's degree. And I mean, it doesn't have to be anything. It. it like it can be, an, it can be in pretty much anything. It doesn't have to be like a biology degree or something, which a lot of people are mis like they mistake that you know if you go and get a degree in like electrical engineering that that automatically disqualifies mm -hmm. you from being a doctor. No, but what you have to do <clears throat> is you have to after you get your degree, you have to pass this really really freaking hard test called the MCAT. And yeah. I've like, heard this is a sensitive topic, but like I've heard of people committing suicide. Because they lost their mind just studying for the MCAT. And, like, that's that's just crazy to me that, you know... So, shout out, shout out to all the doctors yeah, of the world. Facts, like, you facts. guys... Like, you guys, um... Like, you're a very big reason that the world, go, like, is the way it is. And that, you know, the population hasn't completely, yeah. like, turned over in the past 20 years. With all the amount of stuff that we got going on. Like, Ebola and, like... Like, coronavirus yeah, right now. Coronavirus so, so shout out to the doctors, but... But, like, if you're not able to put that weight on your shoulders, man, yeah. don't put yourself through it. It's not worth it. Like, find something else that you're passionate about, dedicated about. Like, if, if you really love to help people, there's plenty of other things you can do that involve helping people that don't require you to go through that extensive amount of education. And you don't even – you don't have to be a doctor to help people. Like, there's other ways to go around it. Like, yes, yeah. doctors are important. They're extremely important. But there's other things you can do that you can still fulfill that role or need in your life to help and i think that's really important for people to understand and i'm a big believer in the fact that everyone has talent like there's not a single person in this world that was born without just a natural talent of being good at something like you know if like i hear i sometimes i'll like talk to my friends about, and we're just talking about like you know what we're doing after high school and stuff they're like nah, i don't know i think i'll go to i'll go to the u and like study like architecture or something i'm like excuse me so do you think that charlie d'amelio's natural born talent is uh being a tiktok star no i think her, i think her i think her talent is um marketing marketing yeah like hmm. okay i'm not trying to knock on her or anything because you know she's she's a big star but yeah i think she just hit like what was it like a hundred million followers on tiktok like bro, no that's... no i think it's hundred million views 
No, no, followers too. Followers? Like, I'll, I'll look her up right oh, that's now. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. But basically, you know, to be able to turn something like, you know, just standing in front of a camera and lip syncing and dancing and to be able to create like a multi-million dollar career off of that, like, she is definitely incredibly talented at, um, <clears throat> at marketing. Okay, and yeah, like, I was yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah she has 33.9 million followers, 1.9 billion likes. Still, that's not, that's not anything to be scoffed at, like, like, yeah, yeah so if you could turn, like, Everyone has talent in something. Like her talent is marketing. Like she was able to market herself and turn like just you know simple dancing videos into like a global phenomenon. And for example, um, Zach King. If you if you don't know who Zach King is, look him up on TikTok. This dude has the like. I'm not a big TikTok guy, but this dude has the coolest. Yeah, I think he started off on Vine too, right? Yeah, he started off on Vine, and he was friends like Logan Paul, and basically he used to edit his videos for him on Vine. Or or all like his he edited his most like biggest videos like if you know, like the video where he like runs out on the street and like does a couple backflips over cars oh, and stuff. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, I know yeah. What you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. He edited that video for him and like that vid. That video is probably like it's still it it was like his first big like thing that went viral on Vine. And if you guys don't know him, go look him up. Like he does some crazy like he's really talented at film. Like yeah. you know he can do some crazy camera tricks and things like that. So yeah, I, everyone has talent in some way, shape, or form. You know, mine is with numbers. I I'm not good with like doing math, but I'm really great at like understanding the numbers. Like mm-hmm. I I am able to use the numbers to tell a story. Mm-hmm. And like your talent is like creating content. Like you were mm-hmm. the like you were the first person. You were the person that you know came up to me with this idea and like, hey, we should start this podcast. Yeah. So, like, you know, when I hear people saying, I don't know what my talent is, I'm like, you'll find it. And, like, the worst thing is when people say, I don't have talent, because that's not true. Yeah. You, everyone has talent in some way, shape, or form. It just might be unconventional. Like, yeah. try, like for me, um, go find what Logan Paul's talent is. Yeah. Because I know for a fact it's not math, science, English, or um, history. So, yeah. just because you're not talented in, like, some basic like that doesn't mean you're not going to go anywhere in life facts facts i think your personality has a lot to do with it too like uh i mean look take tests online for example like just take some surveys uh, maybe that'll help you figure it out i don't know but i mean talk to talk to the people around you i mean i'm sure i'm sure you'll find it like everyone has a talent uh everyone like you can't just tell me oh man i don't have any drive to do anything okay like, if that's the case, bro, come to me because I, I want to hear your story. If, you, if you're if you going to yeah. tell me that you have no natural-born skill, I find I find that crazy. And uh, I got a story about this, actually. It's a funny story. So uh, I had a friend. He's, he's, uh, he's, I think, a sophomore in college now. He goes to the University of Minnesota. And he's, he's in their architecture program. And this dude is incredibly talented at architecture. Like, very freaking good. Like, he was taking classes at the senior, like, senior classes in his, like, freshman year because he was just passing out of classes and stuff. And so I think his sophomore year, so I'm I'm best friends with his little brother. That's how I know this guy. So his sophomore year, he was, I was, like, talking to him, like, like what do you, or my sophomore year, so I think his senior year, mm-hmm. I was talking to him, and I'm like, what, do you, what are you going to do in college? He's like, I don't know. And he's like, yeah. I was like, well, what are you good at? He's like, mm, I, I don't know what I, I don't know, really know what I'm good at. And so, and like, you know, when that conversation happened, it just kind of brushed under the table. And then we were like, let's go play Minecraft because <laughs> that's what kids do. That's like, the way to do it, yeah, man. Yeah, we like Minecraft is a 
Great game. So we load we load up Minecraft. He he loads up one of his worlds, and it's like, oh my lord, holy crap! Like I was just like, you built all this, and he's like, yeah. And I was like, how long did it take you? I don't know, thirty minutes. And it's like a massive castle. I'm like, how did you do that in thirty minutes? Like this is sick. And and so like. We were just talking about that, and then his brother was there, too. He's like, he's like, you know, I feel like you'd be really good at architecture or something. You're kidding. That's how he figured out how he wanted to be <laughs> an architect. My, that's crazy, man. See, like, you know, stories. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know yeah. exactly what you were talking about, but I, I didn't know the story. I mean, if, that, if that's how you figure out what you want to do in life, like, I mean, props to you. That's, like, the best story I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's like, so, the point is, you don't, you don't have to, like, you're... <laughs> Most of the time, people aren't going to find what they're good at by taking a test. Like, you know, if you go take a test in math and you get 100%, that doesn't really mean you're incredible at math. That just probably means you you studied well for that test or something. So that's another problem that I have with the school system is, you know, it's not very helpful at Mm -hmm. helping kids find their talents. Are you good at standardized testing? Yeah, I'm pretty. Uh, like I've I've heard of people like struggling at standardized testing, but like I've I've always been really good at it. It's just because. I don't know, there's, there's a part of me which doesn't get nervous, which yeah. I f- see as a, a problem with a lot of people, that they get really, really nervous about standardized testing. And I think that's because when I was growing up, um, I, didn't, I actually didn't do a lot of standardized testing because, you know, my first couple of years, up, up until the age of five, I lived in India. Mm. <clears throat> and so... Um, Is the education system, like, way different over there? It's, it's different, but it's pretty... It's different, but it's more or less the same. Okay. But where, you know, they, they do, um, so kids that don't have preschool over there, it's Mm. called a Montessori. And so we have those here too, but they're far less common. Basically how it works is like, so, you know, kids, they're not really good at like writing stuff and like numbers and things, but what they're good at is like patterns and like playing with shapes and things. Yeah. And so how, how they teach their kids over there is a lot less like, I'm talking like ground up. So when you're like four years old and going to preschool for the first time, not it's not it's not a lot of like a b c d e f g like counting numbers and stuff it's like like kids like learning through like patterns and building things like that which is like which is where you get the like that's how you develop your like first critical thinking skills because yeah. i mean you can't really teach a kid to critically think by doing it like making them do algebra yeah. at age four and yeah. like there's a very it's very limited on what you can do yeah. with a kid that young so and as a part of that is they don't do standardized testing for kids up until probably they get to about middle school. Wow. And, but that doesn't mean the schooling, schooling there's not hard. Like, it's actually really hard. Like, those kids, um, like, you know, some Indian kids, like, they're freaking geniuses. Mm-hmm. Like, the kids at DECA, holy crap. <laughs> they're, they're freaking geniuses. Um, I mean, like, let's not stereotype, but yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Like, and, like, um, how this works is so up until the age of I think like around you hit middle school they don't do a lot of standardized testing but they learn very fast Mm. and they kind of do this so you know in in the U.S. where you have this like no child left behind thing where you know you you have a set pace that you got to go at and if you are not catching up to it it's like they'll hold everyone else back to push this one kid forward how it works over there is different. So, like, they go very fast with, like, teaching kids. Okay. But a big part of being a good student is um, confidence. Mm. And standardized testing, to me, it's, it seems that, you know, this takes, it knocks 
kids confidence like if they don't do good on the mca or something it's yeah. like oh my god i'm stupid at science like no you're not you're probably just not good at standardized testing yeah like for me personally <laughs> i'm an a average student um yeah. but i don't know what it is like when i when i take a standardized test i don't even think it's that i get like super nervous like um <laughs> yeah yes i do have anxiety but like it doesn't freak me out like when i'm taking a standardized test i just think that like i don't even know how to explain it to be honest like i i sit down and i'm looking at the test and I don't know how this happens, but I, I just, yeah, I have a hard time recollecting the whole lesson that I learned or the unit. And, but then if I'm sitting down and having a conversation with the teacher, like one-on-one, I'm all of a sudden recollecting everything. And I, just, I don't know how that works, Yeah, but I mean, I just think that like, it's not for everyone. And I don't think that that should be like the biggest performance indicator in a school system is standardized testing because... It, it it really doesn't i don't think it shows the accurate representation of how well a kid is doing and i think that's like what's happening with the act right now now that they're like some schools are you're starting to see that they're not requiring it well that's because that's because of the act themselves that's because like the organization themselves what they did with the yeah but i think the the act is also yeah. starting to recognize that like okay these standardized tests that we've been making kids take for however long now isn't really showing uh how well of a student there are i i think it's how good they are at playing the system basically. yeah exactly so yeah back to the story about like how they do it in india is they don't they they uh, it's actually confidence is a huge part of how good of a student you are because when you build confidence early that's hard to shake like mm-hmm. the, the the habits you learn at age like six seven eight like you you can't out you can't get rid of that like if a kid yeah. doesn't know how to wash their hands at age seven they probably they're probably the kids you see that don't wash their hands coming out of the bathroom. Like, that's just, yeah. like, those little ticks. <clears throat> um, so If you see those kids, sauce them with some hand sanitizer. Because, <laughs> like, that's just nasty. Yeah, the coronavirus <laughs> is going around. Like, let's not do that. Yeah. Um, but basically, they don't make these kids take these tests, so it doesn't knock on their confidence. But they're still learning pretty much the same. They're actually learning more. Like, um, there's some kid Like, uh, I have, like, relatives that still live in India, right? And, like, mm-hmm. these kids are at in fifth grade doing like algebra like Mm. very basic like algebra one like you know the you know like the railroad tracks thingies where it's like 2x plus 5 equals 10 and you have you draw the two lines down the middle like they're learning that stuff in like fifth grade and they're able to do that because these kids believe they can do it because they've never been told like you're stupid (laughs) like they've never been hit in the face of a piece of paper that says below below grade level on something Mm -hmm. and so they're like yeah i can do it. it's no big deal which is a big problem because here you start taking standardized tests what in like third grade and like if you if you get get it back and it's like oh you're below grade level then what they're gonna do is they're gonna send like make you do these extra classes which understanding yeah uh in second grade i was actually put in uh the lowest reading class uh i forget the whole story as to why i was put into it but i think i i don't know i don't know maybe maybe i struggled with confidence to be honest but um so we were we would basically practice reading out loud with our class and we would take like these short little tests and recollect everything. Um, and within a matter of one week, I moved from the lowest reading class to the excelled reading class. <laughs> like that's insane to me. Like why did they put me in there? I'm not sure to be honest. Uh, I would have to find out, but I think confidence definitely has a lot to do with like how well you are able to succeed. And it goes, it really goes a long way. And the, yeah. So Basically, the entire problem, it starts from the top. It starts from the very top. Now I'm talking like Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos level. Um, and what I mean by that is who really runs this, this education system is 
Department of Education, mm-hmm. the Federal Department of Education. And who runs that department? It's people that graduated in the class of 1965. Like, yeah. these people, I mean, like, yes, you're, you're very smart, and I'm not trying to knock on your experiences and stuff, but you grew up in a completely different time mm-hmm. than us. Like, back then, you know, most people weren't pre- going through high school preparing for college. They were preparing to go work at the Ford factory. Yeah, like 90% of seniors graduate high school, but only less than 50% of them actually feel prepared for college and, like, ready to, like, put themselves into the workforce. And to me, that if that doesn't show that something needs to happen, like some change needs to occur, then, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to, what's it going to take before people sit down and they're like, okay, we need to start implementing some changes within the education system. Yeah, so basically what I was talking about was, um, like, so if you, when you think about it, a school is eerily resemblant of a factory like a, a classroom think about it so you have the teacher who can be equivalent to the foreman who's mm. running the show and you have all these students students and you sit in neat little rows you raise your hand to speak when you got to go to the bathroom you got to ask to go to the bathroom in a factory you know they sit in these neat little rows working on this thing the foreman's running the show they're walking around making sure everyone's doing their job as in the teacher walking around during work time making sure everyone's doing their what they're supposed to be doing and um you know if they need to go to the bathroom they gotta raise their hand, ask the ask the the foreman or the teacher to go to the bathroom, and basically okay, that's crazy to me. Why should I have to ask the teacher to go release my urine? Okay, like I want the teacher to sit in the classroom and hold that. I want them to sit there with the pelvic pains that are created from holding in pee. Like, that is one of the most painful things ever in the world. And the fact that the teacher's like, oh, you need five more minutes. Okay, sure, I get that they don't want the kid to be, like, going out there to do something bad. But, like, once again. 99% of the time, when you ask the teacher to go to the bathroom, you actually got to go to the bathroom. And, like, once again, when you're an adult... You're not asking your boss to go to the bathroom. Like, that's just weird to me. But once again, yeah, I get I get it. Like, the teacher at that moment is responsible for the student. But just some things have been going on for a really long time, and they just don't make sense anymore. Yeah, so that the, the reason why is <laughs> Bucky's sitting back there blowing air. I don't know what he's doing. <clears throat> so the reason for this is, um, you know, during the, industrial Revo- the second Industrial Revolution, um, you know, there's a large upspring of factories and things. And so mm-hmm. kids were basically how high schools were preparing kids back then was, um, you know, by teaching them how to be great employees. Mm-hmm. And today it's completely changed where, you know, a very small percentage of high school students actually go into trades, which are like, <clears throat> so I'm saying like things such as, you know, going to trade school to be an electrician or something. Which is highly reco- is really in demand right now so like if you think you have the skill to go into uh engineering or being an electrician or well that's two different things yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) but okay like if (sighs) yeah like skill like um okay the the official skilled labor skilled labor like engineers plumbers electricians that's called skilled labor yeah okay because okay yeah yeah okay so I, yeah, so see, I, yeah, I, term, had, I had I to get fact checked there for a second. Yeah, I thought the term, I thought the term was it was called unskilled labor, but no, 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 that, was, that's which definitely is, skilled. Which is terrible. Yeah, yeah that's like, terrible, terrible, terrible. It makes you sound like they're stupid, but they're they're not. No, they're, no, and some trade schools, to be honest, are actually more expensive than the big universities. Like, yeah, that that's crazy. Yeah, to me. yeah, because uh, 
because trade schools how how they work is like you know it's it's a two-year program yeah. and you uh you basically go in you basically go in and learn only the things you need and so they have to offset that because uh, a university universities are are institutions Still doing math science are, are institutions designed to make money and so how do yeah. they make money is they charge kids these extra credits mm-hmm. that they have to take to you know to like these prereqs that they yeah. have to take like english 101 or something even if they might be going into um a field like like engineering yeah. or something where you know it's not very necessary but it's an institution to make money so they're going to make these kids take these extra classes trade schools don't do that so what they do is to offset the cost yeah they just charge extra for these basic classes because yeah. you're not taking english 101 if you're training to be a plumber yeah uh so in your opinion do you think that the education system is kind of autonomous like when you were comparing it to like a factory do you think like everything's just automated like the way that the teachers work and the way that the school works on a day-to-day basis you show up you do the same exact thing every day five days a week monotonous yeah yeah um that's because um like I said, the school system was set up way long ago to train employees. However, those kids that graduated when the school system was first, like, you know, really coming to prevalence yeah. in the 60s, the 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. those kids are the ones running the show now. Yeah. And in their eyes, you know, everything was beautiful because it set them up for, for life after high school mm-hmm. perfectly. Because, you know, they got these jobs working at um, working at factories, working as electricians and thing, things like that. Mm-hmm. and so what, due to their experiences, as their experience was completely different from ours, they don't see how schools are setting us up for failure in today's society because, like, most of us aren't going to, aren't not going to graduate high school and hop right into a job because those jobs don't, they, they can't, you can't support yourself as you could back in the, the days when mm-hmm. the school system was first coming up. And so that's my biggest problem is, it's run by people who grew who grew up in a completely different time. Yeah. And unless we get unless we have a change where you know we have people in their 30s running the school system which is like when the shift started to occur where you you saw a lot more highly skilled jobs, highly skilled labor instead of just skilled labor such as electricians and plumbers, you saw a lot of an influx of um people in, or influx of um like doctors and engineers, like companies needed these people. And so these people saw the change, but there's nothing being done to change it because, like I said, these people just don't see the reason to change because they grew up in a time when this was perfect. Yeah. And, like, with this boom that we see occurring right now in suburban areas such as Parley Lake, uh, with, like, the population getting so big and schools overcrowding, there's classroom sizes that are so immense that it really, I truly believe that it makes it harder to learn with uh, classrooms with that large of students because, I mean, the one-on-one interaction you're getting between student and teacher, I think it's it becomes very limited. And I think it definitely affects people such as um, minorities, uh, people living in poverty, or males, uh, especially. I don't know if you want to talk about anything about, like, yeah. being a kid with, like, ADHD. Yeah. Like, how does how does that affect you? Yeah, I'll talk about it. So, um, not so much now because, again, I've <clears throat> I've luckily been able to separate myself from the traditional school environment where mm. I've, I've now we work in more of an office setting when you yeah. think about it like for our last three hours of the day we're working um in an office setting like where 45 year old men <laughs> have we peaked <laughs> yeah have we, peaked? we have peaked i think we have <laughs> bucky have we peaked <laughs> All right. Uh, that's, th- All right. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Eight fingers. We love you. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. So 
being a kid with ADHD, unless you've like lived it through middle school, because you knew in middle school all the teachers hated me. Yeah. You were with me in middle yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. The teachers hated me because I couldn't sit still. As you like, you see the cameras rolling right now. Like you yeah. can see, I still haven't been able to sit still this entire time, and it's it is terrible. Like because you're you're expected to fit in this little box, but. With me, it's just like, I want to break this box. Like, yeah. I was like, can I find a seam to break this box on? And, like, being a... It's like, it's hard enough in school to be a guy because I'm not trying to sound like a... a misogy- misogynist is the word, right? Yeah. I'm not trying to sound like a woman hater, but most of the time, your teachers are women, and they don't they don't understand you, like, mm. as much as they understand females. Like, it's the same with males. Like, if you have a male teacher, they're probably going to understand you better then they'll understand the, the girls yeah. in your class, which is, you know, no knock on them. <clears throat> but when you're a guy with ADHD, like, that's a stereotypical guy that a teacher would think of. It's like this annoying kid that can't sit still, can't keep their mouth yeah. shut. And it's terrible because you just get knocked, like, for something that's not really your fault. Like, sorry, I, I can't control that I was born with mm-hmm. this. Is ADHD a chemical imbalance? Um, you know, I don't know the full details of it. Yeah. I just know that basically how it works is it's harder for you to it's hard for you to focus mm-hmm. because your your brain so your brain how it works is you you receive dopamine right from doing yeah. good things or from things that make you happy. In my brain it's hard my dopamine receptors are so um like unsensitive that I need to be like I don't like it's hard for me to feel things until like unless it's very like like, it's hard for me to, oh, God, this is hard to explain. Yeah. But it's, like, you know. Don't overwork your brain y- here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like if a teacher's standing up there and explaining stuff, I get bored because my dopamine receptors aren't receiving the dopamine. Like, mm-hmm. if a teacher's going up there for a 45-minute lecture, lecture, I'll pay attention for the first five minutes because, you know, my brain's still functioning and I'm still mm-hmm. receiving the dopamine from receiving this information. But after that, my like my dopamine receptors just get fried and I can't pay attention anymore. Like that's when you see like, cause go into a class for the first five minutes, you won't be able to tell who, what, which kid has ADHD, but 15 minutes in, you will notice because they're like, they might still be writing down notes, but they're not actually understanding anything. And that's the same with me. How do you feel about the PowerPoint lecture style of teaching? <laughs> it's terrible. It really? Is. It is so hard for me to like, I've had, not so much in middle school. Middle school was a lot of that PowerPoint stuff. And that's why you saw, like, my grades in middle school were terrible. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you asked, if you asked anyone, they'd be like, oh, this kid's going to be an idiot. He's going to, like, flunk out of high school. <laughs> when you thought about me in middle school, however, um, starting, like, in high school, once I got to this, like, new level, basically, I just, I was, I was really freaking, I was a really freaking good student. <coughs> and, it was, I think it was, ena- like, it was enabled by that lack of just, like, sitting in the class yeah. and having a teacher go up there and explain it in PowerPoints, because, I don't know, that just doesn't do it for me. Like, I, I just can't sit through that. Like, it just, it's hard for me to understand when, uh, like, it's hard for me to understand when I'm being talked at. Yeah. So, like, you know, our teachers at our program, they're wonderful because they talk um. I don't know how far or how deep I should get into this conversation right now with you, or at least in front of a camera, but um, I'd say I have a decent relationship with my teachers um, at the program. However, um, 
I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just I don't know if they just get like the wrong perception of who I am. But um, right, we we talked about this on yeah, camera before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I think that at school I have like I think I have like a high um what's it called um like perspective like teachers have a high like they pers- they see you highly yeah, yeah they I think they see me highly and I because of my grades and like just like the fact that I ask a lot of questions but I mean. I don't know, maybe I'm more of an introvert at school than I am at the program, and so maybe that's where it, like, where I went wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, even with, like, a workplace setting, I think I'm, like, one of the most dedicated, hardworking people that there is, and I strive for success. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, I feel like, sometimes I feel like they just don't get that perception of me, and that they don't see me that way, and I'm not really sure why. But, I mean... It, it is a kind of interesting. I for you, I think that they really like you, and I, I'm not saying they hate me or anything. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they are too quick to judge. That's because yeah, that's because you move in silence. Like you do your work, and you're you're like you're just plugging away, and you're yeah. quiet about it. Like you're not making a big deal out of it. Like I like me, I can't help it. I'm a loud, outgoing person, yeah. so I. I'm always talking, and it's like if I do something cool, I I need people to see it because it's like yeah, yeah, this yeah. is cool, and like you're not you're the exact opposite where you just like will work away at at yeah. it, and so they don't see you doing like the cool stuff well, like, as much as they do to, with me. Yeah, well, with me too, it's like I'm so busy plotting like what's the next big yeah. thing I'm gonna do. Like, how am I gonna get the reaction out of these people that I'm hoping to achieve? <laughs> how am I gonna create something that's so big? And then it gets to the point like where like when people like get in my workspace or like something like that. Like sometimes I like, oh man, I get a little agitated <laughs> and like I have like the ability to just blow up in front of yeah, people yeah. and like I don't want to get like, I don't want to make, I'm not like the Hulk or anything. I'm not like some crazy dude. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I personally, I, I don't know what, why they see me like that way, but I mean, I think, I don't know. Yeah, I think we're. Yeah, I, mean, should, I think we had a good. Should we get into a quick fact segment to Dude, close we, this thing out? Okay. Sure. All right. I, I have no idea how to do this. Part. All right. Uh, Lead me through it. The coronavirus. All right. Let's get. Let's. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about this or how much you've heard about this. I'm sure you've heard about this. I mean, there's over 300 cases or 300,000 cases across the globe. Um, it's like close to like a three percent uh, or close to a four percent uh, morality mortality rate. Oh, yeah, I was reading something in Time yesterday, and I think they said it was like anywhere between 0.5% and 2% if you're like a healthy adult. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, that higher percent for, goes higher up if you're a senior citizen senior or you're, or you're already sick with something and you have a weakened immune system. But um, have you been seeing what's going on with like the grocery stores? People just completely raiding like the grocery stores of water, dry goods, and cleaning supplies to the point that there's supply shortages right now in the U.S. And as a result, uh, stores are having to actually ask customers to only buy a limited quantity of things. And I don't know. Do you think that people are blowing this out of proportion or do you think we should actually be like worried about this i mean i don't think it's i don't think it's that big of a thing to be like completely panicked about yeah but it's obviously not the flu like it's not the flu, a flu. yeah but it's also not the bubonic plague yeah it's obvi- yeah it's also not the bu- i don't think we'll ever have a bubonic plague like thing ever again yeah unless it's created by bio warfare yeah unless it's bio warfare which will be obviously 10 times worse but yeah. this is i mean just read the back of a Clorox, like Clorox um mm. canister. It's it's supposed like coronavirus isn't anything new. Like there there's been outbreaks before. It's just this is the the like the most widespread one because it's yeah. popping up in places all across the world. Mm-hmm. 
And so I don't think it's anything that we need to be freaking out about. Yeah. But it's just, it is something to keep an eye on because it's not just going away like, like the flu does. Like it's not seasonal flu. It's, yeah. it's much worse. But again, it's not like, yeah, I'm going to die tomorrow of the yeah. coronavirus. I, I, I say that I'm probably going to die tomorrow of the coronavirus. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> I, I mean, I just hope that they come up with some sort of uh, yeah. cure or a solution to this problem. I think, uh, I think it'll. I think it'll get solved sooner or later. I think there's a lot of smart people out there, and I think yes. it just requires the dedication towards uh, putting it through this. Um, oh, speaking of raiding grocery stores, so um, I think it's California or yeah. a certain certain part of California. They they passed a law about how if you like shoplift, it's no longer a criminal offense; it's a citation. It, yeah. So there's people openly shoplifting hmm. like see out of like cvs and walgreens and stuff do you know why they did that yeah because it's, it's a citation now it's yeah like do you know why it. they changed it to a citation though because of um i'm pretty sure it's because of the homeless population uh, in Cal- so california it's it's been going like it's gone it's gone bad like in yeah. san francisco the bay area there's a lot of homeless people and basically they're having like their prison system and their yeah. jails were getting overfilled by just people like ceiling yeah i want to have an episode about this too because i mean i think from when we went to minneapolis we had we had a big experience with that um and so basically they changed it so now it's a citation Mm -hmm. but what that did was it enabled people that weren't that didn't need to be shoplifting to support their lifestyle like it enabled them to go to like walgreens and go steal like 800 cans of water bottles Mm -hmm. or something stupid like that and pay like a hundred dollar ticket That's crazy. How do you, how do you, how do you think we're gonna do with Josh next week? How do you think this is gonna all? Dude, I think out? it's gonna be great, but I mean, <sighs> we'll see. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, so the ne- our next episode, aka our first episode, <laughs> is actually gonna be about how all the boys came together and met, and how we created the uh set of adulting. Um, but with that, I guess that concludes this episode. Make sure to uh, like and subscribe. Uh, turn on those post notifications. Follow us on Instagram, and we'll see you all next week. Peace. Peace.